0: Hi, everyone. Joy here. Today, I have Lachelle. She is a mom of 15 children. I hope I get that right. And I am struggling with two children sometimes. And I thought, what better way to pick her brains on how she's managing her time, managing her family, still by being America's super Mom and running a business. Hi, Lachelle. How are you doing?
1: Oh, hello, Joy. I'm just really thrilled to be here today. I could just listen to you talk all day. I love your accent. So it's really fun to be here.
0: Thank you. I I get that often. And I listen to my own accent. I'm like, this is really bad. (laughs) I don't know. Everybody from America and Canada really likes it. I don't know. It's weird. Mm. So you have 15 children. How do you, I just want to dive straight into it. You know, if you don't mind, how do you actually survive 15 children? Are you an entrepreneurial parent that is feeling stressed, overwhelmed, and you wake up every morning with anxiety? Your family life is in chaos. Your children and your spouse are craving your attention because you are always working. And if you don't work, you spend time with your family, you are just not present in the moment. You dread waking up in the mornings because you just don't know how this day is gonna plan out. And you know, with better routine, habits, structure, process, life can be better for you, but you don't know how to implement it and you simply don't have the headspace to figure it out. What I discovered is that the information out there is not geared towards entrepreneurial parents because why we are a different breed. Follow along on season seven of Unleash Your Focus podcast, download the Chaos Code workbook and start implementing the daily systemized steps that will help you. To-
1: yeah, you know, um, it is a question I scratch my head at every once in a while. Um, I was an only child, so it is going from one extreme literally to the other. Um, I really kind of label my life pre-depression, post-depression. So, you know, I struggled with depression for 13 years, um, going Mm -hmm. through that transition of what life looks like, Mm -hmm. you know, being a stay-at-home mom and managing such a large family because I was an only child. I was raised where education was very important. So I was a high achiever you know, uh, gifted classes, honor roll and things like that. So that dynamic of wanting to be good at being a mom and a stay-home mom when I really didn't have a role model, I didn't have an example. All of my friends and colleagues were on that career path that I was believing that I was on until I started uh, having children and more children and more children. So that struggle with depression uh, really, to me, stemmed from trying to people please and uh, do everything right, correctly. I think seeking my worth and value uh, from the roles that I played and different things like that. And during that time, I was hospitalized three times for uh, depression. And so it was after that third hospitalization that I really began to reflect and say, you know what, this is the pattern. I can't blame my kids and my husband for all of these situations. Mm -hmm. I've got to take some personal accountability and figure out what were these triggers so that I can move uh, forward. So I think, you know, when it comes to thinking about a large family, really kind of figuring out what works for you, you know, what is your voice? What do you value? Knowing that makes it easier. Uh, because you're not into that thing of thinking everything has to be perfect and pleasing other people, you're really pretty much able to rest and have some peace in knowing that, you know, it's okay to do the best you can do and the best every day can change. You know, it might be the best because we had a decent home cooked meal. It might be the best because, you know, we kept two of our kids from arguing and fighting over a topic or something. So just being able to be flexible about it, I think is really uh, key.
0: I tell always my tribe uh, just to celebrate little wins. So with this season of my, mm-hmm. five, I actually have a workbook that goes with it. Just little systemized steps that parents can implement just to help them with habits and discipline and things like that. And uh, one of the things I actually put in the book last night was to just celebrate the little wins because as parents, we sometimes so hard with, ourselves you know I didn't clean the house I didn't do this I didn't do that but just look at the things that you have actually achieved and say that is actually an achievement because it's hard when you have children running around and running a business So that brings me to my next question for you. So you obviously have to have the most amazing discipline ever in the entire world, you know, (laughs) managing everything (laughs) that you do. So can you dive a little bit into and just explaining, you know, what do you do on a daily basis to just, I guess, form that discipline in your life and obviously with your children as well?
1: I think really the main thing is to really establish what my priorities are. You know, I value family. Um, I value, um, you know, effective communication. I value being transparent. So with that being the case, there were times that, you know, because I was a high achiever and an only child, I longed for that relationship with people. So when it comes to my children, one of the things that I would always gravitate towards is doing those building activities, if it's helping them with their homework, playing a game, you know, coloring, working puzzles, spending that quality time. And so a lot of the things that, you know, other people might be like, oh, there's dishes in the sink. You know, we're going to do this after we get these dishes done. Or, you know, so many things that are worried about outward um, situations, I was more of a live in the moment type parent and I still am to some extent. Yeah. Uh, it just has shifted to where now I recognize that, you know, my family is healing, you know, just some transparency because, uh, just as I feel, I was a victim with, um, going through my depression and being, you know, just uprooted three different times in the hospital. I feel like my children were victims too. And for them to kind of make this transition of knowing who is this new mom that we have and, you know, how long is she going to be around? Is she going to be around forever? Or is this going to be a temporary thing? You know, so knowing that to be the case, um, i Uh, try to balance my time with my support group and my family so that I'm giving them the space to heal at their own pace and not trying to drag them into this new normal that I feel I'm ready for, but they may not be ready for.
0: I like that. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay. So you mentioned that, you know, you, you were in the hospital three times with your depression. So that was obviously really, really bad for you and your family. What was the main thing that you feel that got you out of it? Because depression is such a, here in New Zealand, um, we have one of the countries with the highest suicide rate, which is odd because, you know, it's, um, because we live in a really good country, you know, in comparison to the rest of the world. But, um, I don't, I'm not going to go into all the reasons behind those things, but, you know, just out of a, a suicide point of view. And, you know, it, it's, it's really hard for people to to deal with these emotions when they come up. And how did you manage all of that? You know, how did you manage to get yourself out of that rut, I can say?
1: Yeah, I, one, I believe it has a lot to do with my uh, spiritual background. You know, I feel like, you know, with God, all things are possible. Uh, The second thing is really just taking ownership uh, to the things that really I felt that I could control. Whereas before, I really didn't know that. Um, The way I grew up and the life that I was living with being hospitalized, to me, I felt like it wasn't in alignment. You know, it was like, you know, I was doing well, you know, all my life, went to college, you know, got a degree went into marriage and parenting, and now I just feel like I'm not doing anything right. So this can't not be that everything is wrong. So I think it's really a shift in mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, Each of the times that I was hospitalized, my husband saw intervention for me. So even that, I think I was just so much of a um, tunnel vision, focused on the goal, that I didn't even realize what I was actually Dealing with, you know, I was sleep deprived. You know, there would be periods over years that I would be getting like three or four hours of sleep because I'm nursing, or, you know, the kids are getting up with night terrors, or I'm up just trying to have some me time, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, crazy stuff. So I I think, you know, once you really kind of take stock to realize and reflect on uh the situation there were things that were you know really some triggers that were going on that really kind of escalated the situation but i think once i really had that awareness to say you know uh i'm the common denominator i can't keep blaming my kids or my husband you know there's some accountability with me being the common denominator with each of these hospitalizations so And the fear that I didn't want it to happen again, you know, really put me in a power mode to say, you know, we're, we're going to get to the bottom of this, the root cause because, Mm. you know, I have too much to live for, these kids are counting on me and this is not how I want my ending to be.
0: Mm. Wow. It sounds like you've really been through a lot, but it also sounds like you've had a lot of growth in yourself as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I want to dive a little bit more into habits because, you know, habits, you know, this is very key for just, I guess, surviving your day, especially if you have children around. So, what is your top three favorite habits that you do every single day that helps you through the day?
1: Okay. The first thing is uh, self care. Yeah. That's the first thing, first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. um having that time for um self is good the second thing is um breakfast <laughs> you know so that's like the most important meal and you know whether it's home cooked or whatever just starting the day off with the right kind of food and then the third thing is do not disturb on my phone uh this helps me in the evenings with you know being able to shut off uh at a time that's reasonable and uh recognizing that uh do not disturb you know because if I didn't I would be answering the phone or you know um doing something else so I think those three things are good
0: (laughs) when we I want to dive a little bit into self-care because the very first episode of my new season I was talking about self-care because it's so important and it's the first thing especially that mom's throw away. I was the same. I stopped exercising, I stopped doing things, not on purpose. It's just kids took over, my business took over, and I put myself last. And that's the worst thing that you can do because then everything actually falls, I would almost say, in the pit, in a deep dark pit. It sounds dramatic, but you know, it's kind of we let ourselves go in the wrong direction. So what do you do to self-care for you? Because, I mean, you you really have it full on, you know, having children in the house and your business and everything. So how do you take care of you? Because obviously you do it first thing in the morning. So what is that something that you do for you?
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing is uh, reading the scripture, you know, so just taking some time to read uh, just one verse, meditating on that, um, mapping out, you know, the key things that I need to get done for the day. So, I try to do that the night before as well, but um, I'd leave room you know when it comes to meditation for um spontaneity, you know, so things that come up you know new ideas, just something creative you know, so that I can be able to implement and exercise those uh research, reading, podcasts, uh journaling, writing out content those are pretty much my key things that I do. Nice. uh before I get my kids up. And um that's basically it. I'm really pretty much uh I love to be able to share and do creative things, make posts and stuff like that. So a lot of my self care I feel very fortunate is through the work that I do. Because, you know, as me coaching other women hmm. and empowering them, it's like creative things. Like I just had um this probably was about 6 months ago, but I made a post saying that a mindset shift is thinking of rain as liquid sunshine. No. So, one of my friends uh told me that. So, just making a post about that because, you know, so many times we think, oh, it's raining. I can't go anywhere. You know, it's a gloomy day. But just making that shift that it's liquid sunshine, you know, it just puts you in a different frame of mind. So, just different things that can come up. I like to, you know, be able to implement those.
0: Yes. I love it. That's actually cool. I'm mm-hmm. gonna that one. Okay. So the <laughs> second thing that you said about the habits is, um, you know, that you do is to dive into your, um, you know, your no, do not disturb. Mm-hmm. Okay. I bought a book, um, this book. I don't know if you've ever seen this book. It's oh, pretty- The Magic
1: of Sleep. I've I've heard about that app, Calm, the Calm app.
0: Very good book. And it's quite pretty. I have to just boost this. It's so pretty. It's got all these beautiful pictures in it. But anyhow, oh, okay. oh, it's not like race. But in this book, they talk about you know, do not disturb and just basically just having a good sleep. Do you feel, and this is, I'm actually getting a sleep expert on my show as well to talk about sleep because it's really hard. But then it's this whole cliche because as parents, I mean, I have a three-year-old that still does not sleep through the night like ever. And, um, you know, and I mean, you've been there, probably still is. And this is kind of like, this is great, but how on earth do parents implement this? especially moms because i mean let's be real the moms are the ones that get up most of the night so how do you manage to because if you don't sleep proper you suffer you know you don't you're not focused, you've you got brain fog and i mean you can just do that much coffee and and meditation to help you through it and obviously scripture oh, is well. so so how do you manage a day like when you wake up and you're like oh You know, maybe two of the kids were awake or you didn't sleep, or, you know, you're really suffering with like three, four hours of sleep and you have it maybe for a week. How do you get through that? You know, how do you pass that? Because you probably walk around brain fogginess. I do. Like, I'm just like, how am I going to do this coffee and, you know, whatever? So, how do you get through that?
1: Yeah, I think uh, one, to be honest, I do not have brain fog at all. Uh, I'm a vegetarian. And after my last hospitalization was when I went into being a vegetarian. Ever since I've been a vegetarian, I have not had any kind of brain fog. So I don't know if it has something to do with diet or what. Um, Liquid is the first thing, you know, in the morning water, even if you have coffee, drinking water, another thing I learned is like just putting lemon in it or any kind of citrus like a lime lemon uh even oranges right are good to have in your water so that it's i don't know it's a freshener you know and um also can deal with and you know give you that antioxidant power um taking naps so like if you do have that time you know being able to shut down even if it's just for 30 minutes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to take a nap, to kind of recruit the day. Um, but I think really the main thing is being able to shut some things off. So what used to happen for me in the past is, you know, if you didn't get sleep, it's like, man, I've got this checklist, all these things have to be done. And you just didn't have a way to kind of prioritize what could, couldn't happen. So, and I say that because even if you only did one or two things on this list of five, for example, you still had the mental guilt or anguish or something. It just wasn't like, I'm going to do these two things and I'm just going to cut it off and I'm going to do the rest tomorrow. It wasn't that feeling. You're feeling like I could have done that or, you know, it's not even a good night's sleep because you're worrying about it. So Mm -hmm. I think really is to begin to reprioritize and think about, you know, there's 16 hours in a day. If you're sleeping the eight hours uh, worth of sleep, 16 hours, once you start dividing that into your time for cooking, your time for your business, your time with your kids, it's not a lot of time. So I think even just having that mindset, is like, you know what, I'm only going to have so many hours. So Let me scale back even more because I think the list that we gather is close to impossible. And we don't really have a time to reflect and say, this doesn't make sense. I have nine things on this list and I have an appointment today. I have a podcast. I have to edit it and have to do all this. There is physically no way you're going to do all those things on that list in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So does that kind of make sense?
0: Yeah, that does. I completely, and I'm laughing because I was exactly that a year ago and I drained myself because I'm like, and then I do the typical thing where I'm getting cross with myself at the end of the day. You did not do this. How can you not do all of these things that you're supposed to do? And uh, I took a few steps back and I'm like, well, the reality is you've got five, because I have five and a half hours of children, three days or time, you know, if I've got five and a half hours a day times four days that's child free, that's it. So it's only about 30 hours a week, if that, that I have to work on my business that, has, that includes my children. And that includes like, you know, podcast interviews where you actually need the quiet time and all of that. So it's like, well, the reality is I don't have more hours. Yes, I can create them at night, but, you know, it's nice to not actually have to work every single night in your business, but, you know, obviously we have right. to, we have to, but you want it to have downtime, you know, you have to look for yourself. too. So. so I'm laughing. So thing.
1: true. And I think another thing is like itemizing that. So like, you know, for me, I have my kids doing the e-learning, so I have kind of completely shut off my business during those times. Now I have my laptop and maybe I can answer messages or share a post or something while they're in class, but anything where it's me recording or uh, doing anything that's a little bit more involved, that's not during school time. So once you kind of make a list of like all the things that you do, then you can fill in those pockets of time. So. I lived on my cell phone. That was just how I did a lot of my business from creating posts to uh, recording podcast interviews. Everything was on my phone. And so the reason why was because if it was 15 minutes that I was going to the store and maybe I'm in line, then I could edit a podcast while I'm waiting in line, right? Uh, So a lot of my business was on my phone. So once you kind of itemize and figure out things that you can do, then you'll be able to take that time because we
2: still, even, you know, and I'm, so yeah. we'll scroll through social media or different.
0: Yeah. And and that's the thing, because I actually caught myself, because I'm pretty good in uh, ignoring the social media these days, like I'm on Facebook, but I'm not on Facebook, if that makes sense, you know, and um, I caught myself actually scrolling through posts, which I haven't actually done in forever. And I commented on a few posts and a friend said to me, she's like, oh, wow, you haven't actually commented on one of my posts in like months. I'm like, oh, Okay. It just shows you that if you get into a habit of not actually be on social media, every other second of the day, fun fact, if you, um, if you spend only 30 minutes a day on social media, you lose thousands of hours at the end of the day or end of the year that you could have worked on your business. Okay. Okay. I completely understand the phone thing. I do it myself. I actually bought, fun fact for you, Michelle, I bought this little cool device. So if you record on your, your phone, you plug it into your phone and it actually is just like a little mic thingy. So it might, it might look weird standing in the grocery shop going, you know, if you're all in your car. But these are actually very cool and they're quite cheap. Oh, um, I just bought it from the local tech shop. But um, they're very nice for not having that distortion, you know, if you talk into your phone. Oh. Stuff. Very good. Highly recommended. I'll show you the okay, So what are they called? What's it called? Um this one is a a road brand. Um I don't want to advertise them as okay. well, but um but yeah, I just I think mm-hmm. I make like a hundred New Zealand dollars for it. So for you it might actually be cheaper on Amazon, but yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. It just helps okay. with distortion, you know, when you recording, into your phone that distortion, it really helps for that. Very cool, highly recommended. Because I'd use my phone as well. Okay. Too podcast episodes sometimes because it's what you have to do when you're a parent. Okay, so here's the thing. I've been diving in for about a year, probably closer to a year and a half behind the scenes to see what makes people successful. And that's been the majority of what my podcasts have been about. And so I've mentioned now that this season is different. I'm really diving in behind what can make entrepreneurial parents successful because I really feel that we're a different breed because we have so much going on. And if you look at like a young person that have no children, or you look at like an elderly person that has children that's not in the house anymore, you know, their time is theirs. They don't have to prioritize their children and everything else. And we talked about having being realistic with how much time you actually have to work on your business. In reality, how many hours do you take to work on your business every week? More or less.
2: I would say
1: probably five to six hours a day.
0: Yeah. And mm-hmm. you squeeze it in where you can. Like, I mean, we've just talked about mm-hmm. that and it's just, yeah, mm-hmm. the chunks and stuff. Cause the thing that I, cause I coach, I coach business, basically marketing strategies to, to small businesses and a lot of them obviously are moms and you know like not just moms but you know entrepreneurs that have children and a lot of the times they say to me but I don't have time to implement this or this or that and I'm like well you don't have time you have to create time do you have like an awesome hack that you can teach people on how to create time you know just like something that they can do except you know standing in your standing in the shop and editing or you know doing a podcast episode in your car but do you have something else that you can help you know the audience with that they can create time for themselves or just a little time hack
1: Uh, I would say one thing that is a game changer is uh, automation. So having an automatic calendar is so good. So, you know, when it comes to my podcast uh, interviews and setting that up, it is just automatic. People can go on, sign up. I don't have to do a lot of uh, talking to them and it's done automatically. Another thing is any kind of scripts that you could have Pre written. So, you know, a lot of people have a problem with scripts, but yes. for me, I use that with lead generation or even, um, you know, certain regular things that I always answer to people for. So, like if someone's going to be a guest on the podcast, you know, there's a script, this is what I'm going to need, and all this, and sending that out saves you so much time because you're able to um, create one thing and mm-hmm. then use it a thousand times. I yeah. learned that from uh, Dr. Ivan Meisner. He's the founder of b and but he said it's so much better to practice one thing a mm-hmm. thousand times than to do a thousand things one time. So when it comes to crafting, you know, what is that personal message mm-hmm. that you want people to get from you? How do you want them to feel with every stage when it comes to communication? And really honing in on that and then having a signature message for, you know, when they come to your podcast, a signature thank you and all that. It, it just makes things so much easier because you can just copy and paste that.
0: Yeah, I actually I I bought a program called Friend or Fire. I don't know if you heard about it. Where because What's you- the name of it? Friend or foe. So mm-hmm. it, it really manages your social, your Facebook friends because I mean, you probably the same. I got on average about 100 friend requests a week. And the reality is, half of them are either dodgy or, you know, spammers. What I mean with dodges, like spammers or people just, you know, just, yeah, dodgy people, you don't want to have them on your Facebook. And uh, so I, I really looked at my business and I'm thinking, okay, well, that's an extra 20 bucks a month that I have to pay for this, whatever thing. And I'm thinking to myself, well, my business expense is already raking up this high. And then I started looking at where I'm spending my time and is my time worth going and filtering through these 100 friend requests a week because it takes a lot of time. And then since I've implemented that, I cut down like at least two, three hours a week not having to deal with all these friend requests because what it does, it actually automatically sends a message to somebody that sends you a friend request And if they don't respond, then it gives them two days to basically respond. And if not, then they don't accept all this app, whatever you call it, don't accept their friend request. That's pretty cool. So it saved me a lot of time. And I had a few people that were so rude with me realizing, because I'm not making it a secret that it's an automated message, right? Right. I had a few people that were so rude with me saying to me, How could you do that? And Facebook is about to be social, da 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 da. And they said that because they try to sell me something.
1: <laughs> and right.
0: I said, well, you know, in reality is, I said, and I asked and the first question, I'm like, Do you have children? And they're like, No. I said, Well, if you have children and you have, less time in your day, then we'll talk again about automation.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: So it really helps to have the automation in place. And I mean, even when we started talking, you know, you know, I mentioned to you that my Zoom link is automated in the, you know, when you set up meetings, because that's how you might have to, you just have to do it. You can't do it all yourself. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite other app or something that you do that's automated? What is your other favorite little? Oh,
1: I love Canva. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that or not.
0: I use it every single day. It's my creative. I love
1: it. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, uh, you know, and I would always use Canva on my phone. So now that I have really moved over to the laptop, I'm just really like obsessed with Canva (laughs) because, you know, you can make the videos and you could do, you know, uh, presentations and add like a little, cameo spot of you presenting that infographic or whatever so I'm just in love with Canva and I I still have the free version I don't even have the paid version with the things that I use so Canva is it for me
0: yeah um I've been on the paid version for about a year because all my things on that but I completely get it Uh, one of the previous episodes that I did on this season is about creativity. And I mean, you know yourself and I mean, look at you, you look so beautifully dressed, you know, you have to be creative because it really, it brings out a piece of you that, you know, it's you, you need to have that something and it helps to pull success as well. And uh, Canva is my, Fun thing to do. (laughs) And for Mm a lot of people, it's weird. It's like, really? That's your hobby? I'm like, that is my hobby. I want to do my thumbnails myself because I love doing them. And it's just something that I like to do. And a lot of people find it weird. So that brings me to my next question to you, which is one of our last questions. What is your favorite hobby?
1: Yeah, I love, I'm like you. Canva is one of mine. I love reading, I love listening to podcasts. writing that's another thing i like um puzzles when i get time to do them i love jigsaw puzzles um what else is really like a hobby that is just crazy um i think that's pretty much it you know i i love you know even like um creating gift ideas that's another thing that i'm kind of like so pinterest is another one that i'm crazy on pinterest (laughs) (laughs) because for me, you know, I really embrace my brand. So, you know, I don't necessarily just go out with business cards. I'm one that makes like little gift bags and gives that to people because I think when you interact with someone, that's your opportunity to create an impression. So I'll just put like three pieces of uh, candy mints in a uh, clear bag and have like a creative tag on it. Like, you know, like the thing I was saying about the liquid sunshine or, you know, smile, you know, today is a great day, whatever to kind of encourage people. And you just will be surprised that something that really does not have a lot of value, how people just feel so special over something that didn't cost that much. So I love to
2: be able to do that.
0: That is beautiful. I love it, and that is so creative, my goodness. I would have never thought, because huh? you're a speaker, right? I think I read up mm-hmm. to a speaker. Mm-hmm. So, when at speaking events, is this then something that you would just just dish out to the people that's there, or you know, is that
1: part? Of- Actually, to be honest, these are things that I carry with me all the time. Oh wow! So that's the teller at the grocery store or the bank teller, yeah, um, restaurant, leave it for the waitresses. You mm-hmm. know, I just. It's so funny. I I went to an event for my kids. They had a, um, you know, it was a registration with the school. This was last year, I believe. And so we had to go in the room with the counselor. So they had more than one counselor, you know, based on the alphabetical name of the children. So my husband and I were just sitting, waiting our turn for our counselor. And so the lady just was talking to us and we were talking about the number of kids we had. And so she asked us each what we did. And so, you know, we told her and then she said, are you the lady that gives out those gift bags? You know, because I got one. And I said, yeah, that's me. And so I just was so excited about that because, you know, I don't remember giving it to her, but she remembered it, left an impression. So you just never know what kind of jewelry you can bring to somebody, you know, when you do that.
0: Mm-hmm. so awesome because people actually remember that it's just so yeah. and it stands out mm-hmm. when you when you go and okay sorry i have to go off topic here because i'm more curious about this um i think more for me than for my audience but when you go for speaking events and you go and speak what is your most favorite moment when you go and speak
1: i think really just being able to share my story um there's something about being able to be transparent yeah that just really tears down walls with people. You know, uh and I try to be so uh what's the word I want to say? I don't sugarcoat it. I just go for the punch, you know, immediately. And I think, you know, it's we don't really have a lot of time.
2: Exactly. You know,
1: people just think that, you know, oh, I'm going to get to it one day or you know, is it really possible to really change? You know, there's so many different extremes of us thinking and really creating our own mess. A lot of the times mm-hmm. that we're in that I just get right to the point with people because when you're able to be transparent about your story, then you could spend that time necessary to build them up mm-hmm. and to explain to them how their story is similar to so many different people. So even now, you know, like a lot of people who they might not have understood that I attach my worth to the things that I did. But now, because we're in a global pandemic and you have somebody who's been on their job for 25 years, that's all they've known, that job is eliminated. Now they understand that their worth and value was tied to their position. Mm -hmm. And so now they're in a position to be able to understand that. So I think there's so many different ways that we are having things in common, mm-hmm. but to me, I think when I'm able to share my story, I'm able to share it in a way that people can see the similarities in a story about depression yeah. because they're like, man, you know, I didn't consider that. Well, yeah, you know, cause I am scrambling right now. Mm-hmm. I do feel like, you know, how am I going to relearn something? You know, I've been doing this for 25 years. What am I going to do with myself? You know, I feel like a failure to my family. And how can I be strong? Because I'm really scared about what tomorrow holds. So being able to relay that in a way where everybody is not ashamed or feeling bad to talk about real issues that we all face.
0: Yes. I love that. Wow. hmm i love listening to you I, I caught a few of your go laughs the other day and i was like i need to make time for them because they're so inspirational and i love the fact that um, you like read something from the scripture on each of them and it's just really awesome what is your favorite scripture verse do you have one okay i'm i'm assuming there's lots but what is the one that gets you through a day
1: i would say um be still and know that i am god <laughs> Because, um, you know, it's it's an evolution. So even when I do my scriptures, you know, I just wanted to remind people that, you know, the Bible was there because we we all need improvement. You know, so just because I say, okay, I'm going to take this scripture, we're going to dive through it. That doesn't mean I've, I've um, done everything right or I don't have anything to learn. Okay. So, um, you know, a lot of times we put that pressure on ourselves. You know, it's like, oh, I'm a mom of 15. Well, you know, it doesn't matter. You're still human first, right? So, you know, you have to know that this is God's plan. You know, he entrusted you with this opportunity and, you know, you're supposed to train these children. That's my theme for this week. And training is really being an example. You know, I can't train them for something that I'm not doing. And so a lot of times we have parents who are do as I say, but not as I do. And so then we wonder later on, well, why are these kids not turning out right? <laughs> you know, Or they're giving me problems because we're not setting the example. So when you really begin to recognize the responsibility that you have, you begin to give your kids more grace, yourself more grace, because you're like, man, you know, uh, I know that there's just no perfection over here. You know what I'm saying?
0: I <laughs> uh, we actually, I've got a business partner in Connecticut, and one of the episodes we did a while ago, we were talking about, you know, just being the example for your children, and um, if you if you're gonna be this. Impatient person, but you're trying to teach your kids patience. Well, that's not going to go down at all, not <laughs> you <know>? at all. <laughs> so
1: not at all, yeah. yeah. And
0: then kids
1: really mimic what you do oh, yes. more so than what you say oh, because yes. we are, you know, that's how we learn. We learn by mimicking and you know, seeing the example. I mean, you look at birds that that internal instinct is still a thing of seeing it done in real time Mm -hmm. and so that's the same thing but you know then we figure out then we're asking ourselves you know why are these kids you know doing the opposite of what I'm telling them when we have to look at ourselves in the mirror and say well what are you doing you know Mm
0: -hmm. by example that's the thing right yeah okay Second last question. I know I've been keeping you on this interview, but I just love talking to you You're like the source of information. I love you. Okay. So what is your, this is, I need to know this because this is killing my brain. What is, your, what is the age of your youngest and what is the age of your oldest?
1: Okay. The youngest is six okay. and the oldest is 30. Wow. So all the kids, there's no twins. They're all like 18 to 20 months apart. So it's six, eight, 10, 12, 13, 16, 17, 19, 21, 22, uh, 24, 25, 27, 28, and 30.
0: And that there's no adoption. It's all you.
1: Now I had 13 of them, and then two of them are my stepchildren. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So you've had, a, you had a few years that was, or more than a few years, that was really hard, you know, cause having them so close to each other, especially from darker to like, you know, eight, you know, that phase.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So looking back, I know even now when people, you know, say how many kids, I mean, it's like, um, I wish I had the mind that I have now back then, you know, because I think I did miss a lot of time to, enjoy my kids because I was so task oriented, you know, that's just like, yeah, I was that stay home mom, but you know, then I still had the pressure of things being done a certain way. So, you know, there were those moments where, you know, I was focused on Mm. the things that really are fleeting, you know, such as, um, you know, dishes in the sink or,
2: uh,
1: you know, dinner not being served at the same time every day. I mean, that kind of stuff, but now I'm just in a different space. And I think also really being able to let my kids be themselves instead of thinking, okay, all my kids, all of them are going to be on the honor roll. All of them are going to be doing the same thing. You know, we're going to have standards and they're all going to follow them. You know, I joked this week because I have two middle school boys that everybody else is on the right page when it comes to this remote learning, but these two, is like pulling teeth from getting up in the morning to making sure they have their technology charged up. I mean, if anything that they are not doing is happening, it's every day with them, something, you know, and, um. I just had to sit back and reflect. It's like, okay, you've already had 10 kids in middle school and you've lived through this. So you just have these last five, you're going to be able to make it. But, you know, it's just that moment in time where it's like, you know, what is wrong with you? Are you going to get with the program? You know, so kids, you know, I have to remember this is their first. So even though I've experienced middle school through my other kids, this is their first time being in middle school. And they're just like, you know, what's the problem? You know, I'm, you know, doing whatever, you know, and for me, I'm just like, hey, you know, let's hurry up and get this in order because this is crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So it's basically just not putting that expectation on yourself and on your family, really just lowering your expectation of what you think that they are capable of. Cause I have to, my, I've got a, he's almost seven. He's six now. He's turning seven in a couple of weeks. Um, but for me, it's um, just reminding myself, he's only six, you know, it's, and I've got a three-year-old. That's very intelligent, like very clever. He's already doing maths and things. But the thing is with that is he challenges me a lot <laughs> a lot more than what my six-year-old would do just because he's got a different way of thinking for a three-year-old. And um, I have to remind myself that yes, he might be clever in a lot of things, but he's still discovering his personality, you know, and I have to remind myself all the time that he's only three. (laughs) So he might not think like a three-year-old, but his personality is a three-year-old and it's me lowering my expectations. And I've noticed that since I've been lowering my expectations with what he's capable of doing, you know, as just not fighting to pick up toys and just like, oh, let's do it together, you know, get it done quicker type thing. It does help a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned, yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Yeah,
1: so, and I think also, I think when we do lower our standards, I think it's yeah. really, I call, I call it riding the wave. So, you know, I had a situation um, a couple of years ago where, you know, at the end of the school year, they have the awards day. So, you know, of course, we're going to, I don't know how many different award ceremonies for each grade level. Well, Mm -hmm. at the time, my uh, daughter was the youngest who went to the award ceremony. And so I want to say she got like two awards. Well, a lot of her siblings got more awards than her. So she just cried. She was so devastated by it and everything. And so when we got home, I said, look, you know, there were certain things that they got these awards for. They worked really hard, not just at the end of the year. They worked hard from the very beginning. These were some of the things they did. We went through it. And so we have a vision board that we make every year before school to kind of get them going on whatever it is that they see for themselves. Yeah. And so um, she wrote her board and I said, so how many awards do you want to get this year? And, um, she said, well, I definitely want to get more than two, you know? So I said, okay, so what kind of things do you have to do for that? And so she began to come up with her own system, you know? So when it was time for homework, it's like, you know, faith now, how many awards did you want to get? Remember, you know, when you want to do that, you have to do those things. Even when it's not comfortable, you're not feeling good. You know, because you're working for something that you're going to get later on. And so that's really what I'm working on. Even now doing this remote learning, we have a chart where, you know, I value being on time. Mm -hmm. I value doing your work diligently, um, having your supplies, And so they get rewards. They get little stars each day. We monitor that daily. And at the end of the day, if they have so many stars, they get something out of the treasure box. And then weekly and biweekly, we have bigger things that they could uh, lead up to. But um, with that, it's it's not me nagging them. Mm
2: -hmm. It's
1: just them saying, you know, and they will have their own peer pressure. Mm -hmm. So some of them will look and say, hey, I've got five stars. You only have two. You better do your part or whatever. So they do that more so than me being the one, you guys, come on and to do this, do that. They just are self-led to do it themselves. So I call it just riding the wave and you know, whatever it is that they already feel instilled that they want to work towards mm. helping them create an action plan so that they can accomplish it. And you know, it goes a lot better that way
0: yes we also do the star and we also have a well our version of a treasure box is just a bag of toys that they can randomly pick something from but um yeah we do exactly the same and that's actually how i trained both my kids on potty training is rewarding them with stars every time they use the potty and you know, and it was a very quick process because it's just that reward system and that makes them feel good, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, it saves your pocket to buy something every time. And you don't spoil them because you give them like 10 stars before they get something.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, Yeah. I love Mm -hmm. that. It's so Mm -hmm. awesome. Last bit of uh, advice. So if you, because this podcast is also for entrepreneurial parents that have either not yet started a business or they're still thinking about starting a business or they're really struggling with their business. So if you have any advice for them, what would that advice be?
1: Um, One is to create time for your business. So schedule it. Um, so just like I am adamant about self-care, I'm the same way for my business. Uh, It's not going to happen, wishing it and all that kind of stuff. You have to actually make time. So, you know, uh, scheduling, making calls, doing leads, follow up, things like that, because nothing is real unless you write it down and begin to take the time for it. Um, following up with people, that's a good thing you don't have to necessarily follow up with this formal system, you know, of email or something like that. Uh, like I said, I use my phone a lot. So I go through Facebook messenger. So usually, um, I have a theme for the week. And so it might be something like, um, this week is to train. So it's reminding us about the things that we need to do and practice and being an example. Right so i may have a just a quick sentence on you know have you trained today or what are some ways that you can train others today mm. or what kind of posts could you um share with someone about training you know so i may ask these questions and um maybe it's a video like a one minute video through canva or um i'm asking just the questions so i'll say happy monday Have you trained today or something? And so I'll send that to the people that are active on Facebook Messenger. So if you're on Facebook, you can go through Messenger and it'll list all the people that are active. And so you can send that same message to somebody. Now, you know, you also can add their name. Hey, Joy, happy Monday, you know, and send that same message. So then Tuesday comes. Well, maybe there's somebody active that you didn't reach out to on Monday. So then you say, happy Tuesday (laughs) and send it through Messenger. You know, so these are quick ways that you can follow up. Sending people a voice message on Messenger or um, through LinkedIn. You also can do video messages. Mm -hmm. So just something saying, hey, I hadn't seen you in a while, or I really liked your post that you shared this week. Mm-hmm. um that my takeaway was whatever and uh you will begin to really increase your following because what happens usually is people are like oh that was creative well let me go see what else they're doing you know and so then next thing they're looking at your profile If you have anything going on you know so this yeah. is how it starts
0: yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love when you say the video I actually had a I have a Facebook friend and we've known each other for a few years now we used to be in the same affiliate program a couple of years ago. And he's got this quirky way of sending people songs. (laughs) He's got a really Ah. good singing voice and um, he loves country music. So he would just do like literally a 15 minute thing from a song (laughs) and he will go, ah, Joy did it. And he sings this song. He's like, I hope you have a great day. (laughs) And I always, he doesn't send it a lot. Like I get one like once every five months or something, but I always remember them because it's like, who does that? Oh, he does that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. quite, um, but yes, it's definitely, and the thing is, you don't always have to feel salesy on your messages, it's just keeping touch, that's really it, and people, like I said, people go to your profile and go check you out.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing, even with him doing that singing is, you feel like you know him, you know, because that's (laughs) not something that you would associate a salesman doing, or (laughs) some other business person, you're like, man, you know, that's Joe, he just does that. So you feel like he is just somebody that you could feel more comfortable with, yeah. you know, somebody that you could trust. You feel like you've known him longer than you have known him when you might've just met him. So mm-hmm. I think that's good being creative with some of the things that you feel comfortable sharing with other people,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: doing it on a platform like that, it really can be a game changer. and move you uh, so quickly in terms of um, your uh, engagement and people that begin to follow
0: you. Definitely, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you start out, you know yourself. There's no better way than to get organic traffic, and that's one of the best ways to do it. Is just not sell things, just interact and be sociable. That's what it's for, right? Social media, sociable. Michelle, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. this has been fantastic. Wow, it was a long interview. I almost <laughs> feel bad taking <laughs> all your time. I really, really appreciate appreciate you a lot. Where can people get a hold of you? How can you help them? Can you please give us a little description on what you can do for people and where they can reach you?
1: Absolutely. So um, I can be reached on any social media platform. I do have a YouTube channel and I am a podcast host. Uh, You can find me under America Supermom or Lachelle Atkins, either one. Uh, The programs that I have are monthly. I have a masterclass uh, with Fresh Start, which is the... Five pillars that I've used to overcome depression. So it's basically a foundational uh, program to help people get that jump start on where they want to be uh, in terms of starting the road to be a better version of themselves. Uh, I do uh, have workshops, master classes, but a lot of those things you'll find on my different platforms. Um, Let me see, what was the other question you asked
2: me?
0: Just really where they can find you. So what we'll do is we'll make sure that we drop all your links on the bottom of the episodes. And, um, you know, so if they need any help for what you can do and you can help people, then they can definitely reach out to you. And um, I strongly recommend, you know, to get in touch with Lachelle if you struggle with any of these things. I mean, she's a source of amazing information. You cannot go wrong with getting into her programs. I think, um, yeah, like I said, even even just your lives, your Facebook lives, they are so inspirational. Like I, I, I find myself going to find them now and again if, if i got the time. I, I really love it. It's awesome. So thank you for you. It was really awesome having you on here. And thank you so much for sharing all your golden nuggets. I'm sure it's going to help the audience quite a lot. So, yeah, thank you.
1: Thank you for having me, Joy. And I'm so glad we got connected. We've been delayed, but we finally (laughs) made it happen. So I'm really uh, honored to be here. And anytime uh, that you need me to come back, I am open to doing so.
0: That sounds fabulous. I might take you up on that. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) All right. Bye.